2007, which rocked the markets and led to a downgrade of U.S. credit. Seven sixteen, Seattle's morning news. As you know, Governor Inslee has announced he's not seeking a fourth term, so that means uh, he's going to leave at the end of this one. And joining us now is Governor Jay Inslee. So we were all shocked by the announcement. I know you said it's because you need to pass the torch, but come on, what's the real reason? You have something in your back pocket? Are you being appointed to the Biden administration? Are you an ambassadorship? What is it? No, I've I finally uh, realized our state's highest ambition. We've got the Kraken in the playoffs, <laughs> and so we have we've achieved what I set out to do. I see. And uh, you know, actually, there is some truth. To it. I mean, we have done some really pretty and spectacular things in the last decade, and uh, you know, from dealing with COVID to climate to protecting women's right of choice to finally. Of financing our schools to having the best financial aid package in the country and the best worker family protections from the tax cut we just did from working families. I mean, I've had a, a very, very productive run. This would have been unprecedented. There's only been one three-term governor, and I just feel uh, having a first-term governor instead of fourth term is, is the right thing for the state right now. All right. Look, looking back on COVID, since you mentioned it and since you're not uh, tied to any sort of campaign right now, do you regret anything about decisions made during COVID? You know, you, I don't usually drive in the rearview mirror, so I haven't spent a lot of time searching for regrets in my life. I think generally, uh, I think our state did very, very well in COVID, and I played a significant role in that because you had to have a governor making some tough decisions. I think it's very clear that the decisions we made uh, saved thousands of lives. And I, I think the, the, most, the most objective way to look at this is to compare our death rate to other states. And if we'd had the same death rate as Mississippi, if we had pursued the failure to act against COVID, if we had followed the Donald Trump non-scientific uh, method here, we would have lost another 18,000 people, which is, you know, a significant uh, part of Husky Stadium. And so we saved a lot of lives because of the things we did in, st- in the state of Washington. And I played a significant role in that because, you know, you had to have a governor making decisions in that sure. regard. So I feel our state did relatively well. It was difficult, extremely difficult, the decisions we made. Uh, having to be a, a person to make a decision that interrupted people's lives is very, very difficult. And our economy is, is one of the last to recover, though. Is, is that something you feel you can still do some work on? Yes, and we obviously can. And uh, to look on the bright side of things, uh, I know sometimes you don't always do that. U.S. News World Report just did a, an objective assessment of the 50 states. Uh, they ranked our state number two. Now, of course, that hacks me off because we always <laughs> want to be number one. So the fact that Utah is a little bit ahead of us drives me crazy. But I think if you look at the totality of what are the position of our state, we have a dynamic economy. We have the best uh, college-educated uh, opportunities for our kids. We've had massive expansion of our transportation system. And importantly, I think we've, we've really embraced a value system of fairness in our state. Uh, from paid family leave to the highest minimum wage to one of the best health care systems in the country. So I, I'm not regretting things. I'm looking forward to the next 20 months. This is one thing I, I think 
it's, it's easy to forget. I'm still in harness. I'm still pulling on the plow for another 20 months <laughs> and looking forward to, to that yeah. time in office. Now, I think one of the reasons that uh, we got downgraded was because of the capital gains tax, which was upheld by the Supreme Court. Do you, are you uh, confident that the economy can absorb that without there being a penalty or without rich people moving out of state? Yes. Uh, this is one of the things that uh, I feel good about, that we have finally achieved a bit more fairness in our tax system. We've had the worst, most unfair tax system, most unfair to working people for 133 years in the state of Washington. For the first time in the, our, the history of our state, we have made our tax system more fair to working people in two ways. Number one, we did the Working Families Tax Credit. So 400,000 people in our state uh, got a tax break this year because of what we did to, to remove some of the tax burden on working people. And instead of just putting it back on working people, we have a very small capital gains tax. It has generated over $600 million, and, and people are not moving in droves. You don't see executives down at the SeaTac moving anywhere else. So it mm-hmm. has been very successful to date. But will there be bracket creep? A more fairness. Will there be That's bracket right. creep? There's been, I mean, what emailers tell me is, okay, they, they're exempting the first $250,000 in profits now, but soon it'll be down to two hundred, and then it'll be one hundred and fifty, and then it'll be 100000 and pretty soon everybody will be paying it. Is that, can you guarantee that won't happen? Well, I'm only going to be governor for another 20 months, so I can't. I can only <laughs> guarantee it for another 20 months. All right. There's no, there's no discussion of that. It has served a purpose. And, again, I want to come back to this. I think that, you know, when you're governor, you try to aspire to keep certain values in mind. And the kind of ones that, have, that, have, that I have followed is, number one, try to make it a fairer state. So pe- working people get a, get a break in life, and I followed that big time. Number two, save lives. And I think we did that during COVID significantly. Number three, try to keep the Washington green. And I'm very proud of the work we've done against climate change. We do have the strongest measures in the United States. The rest of the states are envious of what we're doing. And we're building our economy big time. You know, the question was about economics earlier. We are building jobs across the state like crazy in clean energy. I was at Painfield yesterday, and we unveiled the world's largest commercial hydrogen fuel cell airplane. It's an old Dash 8 that Alaska gave to this uh, 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 Zero Avia company. That's the kind of thing that's happened in all of the state because we have embraced uh, new, new industries and new technology. So we are, we are doing very well economically, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to have been part of that. Are you going to endorse Attorney General Bob Ferguson as he, as he explores a run? I haven't thought about those electoral uh, issues. I have tremendous respect for Bob. He has been a tremendous attorney general. He won something like uh, 40 to, out of 41 cases when the Trump administration was trying to uh, uh, put their hands on the great state of Washington. So I do have a lot of respect for him. I haven't thought through the electoral part of this. All right. And, and, you know, I think that there are many successes in the state. You just listed a lot of them, green jobs and all of that. But, you know, people are looking around when they drive. And you recently changed your tune about homelessness as well. You used to have more of a sympathetic tone. Recently, you've been calling it the scourge on the state. So what more can be done about crime and homelessness in the state? A lot. And uh, all of us are very frustrated by this, myself included. Uh, I have been arguing for several years now that we do have to be more aggressive 
building housing to start with. I just want to start with this. The fundamental problem we have with homelessness is that we do not have enough houses. We do not have enough roofs for the people who live here. We've had a million people move here during my tenure or just before, but we haven't. We only built about 350,000 housing units. So I've been focused now for several years trying to increase housing stock for people. Our public investment in that has gone up by about 1,000%. I'm very glad that the legislature has responded to my call for more investment to the tune of about a billion dollars this session. And finally, after several years, the legislature has joined me in passing zoning laws that allow us more places to build housing. So I think we are going to accelerate now uh, uh, the housing opportunities for people. And if you want to read an assessment of this, there's a book by a UW professor. It's called Homelessness is a Housing Crisis. Yes, we have chemical addiction problems. Yes, we have drug addiction problems. But fundamentally, the biggest difference between us, for instance, in Chicago is we don't have enough housing. And so the vacancy rate is extremely low. So we have been focused on that. We'll continue that. The legislature has now given me the tools that uh, I've been uh, asking for for several years. And I think we're going to make some progress on this. And we need to. Look, people, we need to do two things. We can't allow people long-term to live on our rights of ways. That's why we've been successful moving about 500 people off of our freeways. We are reducing the number of these encampments. But to do that, we have to have housing, uh, both rapid and permanent. And uh, I look forward to progress on this. And, and you are announcing a special session today, correct? Yeah. So just a meeting about an hour with legislative leaders to nail down a date. Uh, I think there's cause for optimism of getting a bill. We do not want to uh, uh, to forget the two things we need to do. Number one, we have to get additional treatment for drug, the, the, the addiction problem that we have. And number two, we do have to have some sanction, some lever to encourage people to go into treatment, meaning keep a criminal sanction for those who will not go into treatment. And I think we have uh, reason to believe we can accomplish that this year. I have, do not favor de total decriminalization of, of drugs, but we have to increase our diversion to get people into treatment because we know that that's ultimately the way to, uh, to get people uh, out of this terrible darkness that they live in. So I'm looking forward to the legislature to produce in a bill that I can sign. And we want to do this in May. So I'll announce that probably this afternoon. In May. And something has changed. I mean, they couldn't reached an agreement just a week ago, and you're saying minds have changed since then? I think so, and uh, people thought that there was a route to a majority, and it turned out there was not. I think this is going to end up to be a bipartisan effort. I think both Democrats and Republicans will ultimately help in passing a version of this. And again, I want to get this done as soon as possible so that cities don't have to uh, uh, adopt their own unique approach, and we have a scattershot approach across the state. So I, I do want to get this done in May. Governor Jay Inslee. Governor, thank you. Thank you. It is 727, real-time traffic from the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. Chris Sullivan. Plan on at least uh, 10 or 15-minute delays, no matter where